0: I'm Carrie Miller. Thanks for listening to my podcast, which features contemporary and archived interviews with writers. This week on my 11 a.m. show, it's all about writing for young readers. You'll hear Minnesota author Kelly Barnhill talk about ogres and villains and orphans in her new novel... And then Kitty Feldy, who hosts a podcast where kids talk about books, will be on the show to recommend summer reading. So we thought it would be fun to reprise a delightful 2019 interview with Drew Brockington. He's a space nerd. He created the Catstronauts series where cats blast off for other planets. We talked about how he gets the cat illustrations just right, his experiences at space camp, and we laughed a lot. Here's Drew Brockington. Mm -hmm. I'm Carrie Miller, and this is NPR News. President Trump has tasked NASA with a mission to Mars. But to get to Mars, astronauts may have to make a pit stop on the moon. When they get there, they'll find an ingenious power plant constructed by a small team of intrepid catstronauts. Waffles, Pom-Pom, Blanket, and Major Meowser have gone where no other cats have gone, and they've lived to tell the tale in Drew Brockington's delightful new book and part of a series. As he joins us, we're going to let our imaginations roam through space and consider the mission that we would most like to embark on. So let's say there was a spot for you as an amateur astronaut on a space mission— Would you rather blast off for the moon or head to Mars? Can you imagine yourself as a space tourist? Because, you know, those days are coming. So we're talking about the adventures of the Catstronauts, but I'm also curious, given NASA's focus here and given the debate that's going on between the moon or Mars or both, whether as a space tourist you'd rather set off for the moon or Mars What if you were going to Mars and you couldn't get back? Would you be game to do that? I think a recent poll of Americans said they would be fine with that. 651-227-6000, 800-242-2828, wherever you are in the upper Midwest, and on Twitter at NPR, where Nicole says, I'd love to go to the moon. I can imagine it, but I'm not a millionaire so it'll never happen. Don't be so sure, Nicole. I think this is going to be affordable. Drew Brockington is a writer, illustrator, and author of the Castronaut series, which includes Castronauts Mission Moon and the new one that's coming out in August titled Castronauts Slapdash Science. And he's with me in the studio. Drew, welcome. It's good to have you on the show.
1: Thank you. Good morning.
0: I just wanted you to know my producers were like, you're really doing a long interview with a guy <laughs> who writes about cats on the moon? Yeah. Yes, I it's, am. All right. I'm Let's so do it. glad you're here. Okay. So your cat astronauts have been to both the moon and to Mars. Are you a moon or Mars guy? And you must choose here uh, on the air right now, Drew.
1: Okay. Uh, on the spot, I, I'm going to say moon. Okay, why? Um, wow, that well, kind of surprised me. Yeah, uh, I mean, Mars is definitely fun and and red and uh, and massive and expansive, but um, but I, I think I, I just want that visage of of standing on the moon and looking back at the earth rise right and and just kind of seeing that. It's kind of like you, you know, you go to the Grand Canyon for that iconic view. And then you go to the moon for that iconic view and right. just, you know, to walk in that, where the history was and, and things like that. Uh, so I, those
0: images of the astronauts seeing that floating green and blue yeah. imi- orb yeah, yeah, in yeah, the yeah. sky is something that's really sparked your imagination. And to
1: see their footsteps still and all, you know, the random equipment that's still up there just right. kind of hanging out. There. There's golf balls just sitting in craters out there. I thought about that. So. Yeah.
0: Um, so what about the idea of going to Mars and not being able to get back? I, I saw this poll a couple weeks ago, and there are a fair number of Americans who would be like, well, if that's the sacrifice and I get to have that experience, I'm okay with that. How about you? Uh,
1: I, I think I, now, uh, if I brought my whole family, maybe— uh, if I don't know if, if the kids yeah, could come. I know, but, yeah. Okay. That's, that's the whole. That's back the for idea. Me. Leaving yeah. your family. Yeah, yeah it's a yeah. it's a big. I mean, props to those people that can just you know know on a dime that they want to hop that rocket and and <laughs> and set up camp out there.
0: <laughs> because I know you've you've been to space camp, right?
1: I've been to space camp, not to space.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, no, sure. I got that. But yeah. I know you've thought about some of this stuff, yes. Too at space camp, which you'll have to tell me what that's like. But that's for a minute. I mean, the idea would be that you could stop off and make a pit stop at the moon and then go on. So you'd get to see the moon mm-hmm. and then go on to Mars. That, and then there'd be no going back. from Yeah,
1: that. yeah. And that, that's one of the one of the possible s- solutions is that we would use the moon as a base just to launch like a in space. You know, no atmospheric launch or whatever, so we'd say fuel, things like that, right? Um And then, yeah, then the moon really becomes another airport terminal and a hub that you're I just. I know, it's kind of weird to at. think about, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, would yeah. they have a Cinnabon? Cinnabon? <laughs> would they have
0: <laughs> the cookies, the pretzels, yeah, right, the yeah. same magazines, yeah. Uh, tell me what space camp was like and whether you've been a space guy long before you were an artist and book writer.
1: Yeah, my, my family was a pretty space family. Um, and I still what remember. What's that mean To have uh, a family
0: as a space family.
1: Just uh, general interest in it. Um, and, you know, lots of pictures of the space shuttle on our walls. I have two brothers. So, uh, you know, lots of, of that type of stuff. Uh, happening. My brother, my middle brother went to space camp when he was a teenager. And that was kind of like the first, um, you know, inklings of, oh, wow, this is such a cool thing. Uh, you, you can actually get this firsthand experience of of what it's like to train as an astronaut. So
0: is it in Florida at Canaveral no, or where in, is
1: um, it? It's in Huntsville, Alabama. It's connected okay. to one of the NASA propulsion labs out there.
0: So you are—I mean—you're really using some equipment. You're really among
1: the yeah, training
0: uh, disciplines of astronauts. It's, oh, it's the uh,
1: it's it's a condensed training uh, astronaut training condensed into three days. Uh, with, you know, everything. Astronaut level is like a 10, so they kind of pare it down to, you know, all ages can do. Uh, But it's very, very similar stuff that you're going through. Uh, You're using the same type of checklists that the the mission control and the astronauts are using to talk back and forth, the same language. Uh, And yeah, you're seeing the actual equipment. They have an amazing museum connected there with a Saturn V rocket that's all broken down to all of its stages so you can see how wow. all the parts work. And the the docents of the museum are the actual scientists that help Put really, exchange together? Oh. Yeah, the, I had a tour by a guy who designed the analog navigational system on the Saturn V, and he's telling astronaut stories that you never hear. You know, of about how when uh, Skylab was up there, they heard a thumping, and it turns out it was one of the astronauts doing laps around the inside to get some exercise, <laughs> trying to figure that
0: out. So you could have thought, hey, this is this is the entry into my world as an astronaut. Why not?
1: Yeah, that I mean, that was exactly. I I was at this pass of when I was working on the book um, about okay, I have all this research that I've done. How do I get this firsthand knowledge?
0: Wait a minute, this is when you were working on the first Castronauts
1: book with Mission Moon. Oh, yeah, yeah. and uh, which led me to like, okay, there's got to be like I knew there was like boot camp for adults and like you know, the experience or like the NASCAR experience, the rock and roll experience camp. I'm like, there's got to be an astronaut one, and it was either the zero gravity. Flight in Vegas, or and then I found Space Camp for adults, Uh and uh, and I was like, well, obviously it's Space Camp because it's the same thing. You know, my brother went to as a kid that they and you're there at the same time that the kids are there. Um, you know, you're just in a group full of adults, and it's and it's it's everybody who never got to go to space camp as a kid, and everyone's geeking out on the same level, and you're all just having a, a great time.
0: Did you feel like, um, well, my path is to be a writer and illustrator of books? I mean, that could have been a moment when you said, I I love this and this really fulfills an ambition and I want to go further with this. Maybe I'll try to get into the astronaut training program.
1: I I no mean, go? when when I was a kid uh I wanted to be a pilot. Yeah. Uh before I wanted to be an illustrator. Okay. Uh and then my vision just like the next year I got glasses and it was like that that Time of life when they're like, well, you need twenty twenty vision to be a pilot, and uh,
0: which I don't think is true anymore. It's not true is anymore. Yeah. yeah,
1: so now I could I could fulfill my childhood dreams of being a pilot, but <laughs> um, but I, I think that there kind of like just brought me. I went from pilot to drawing. And then once I got into that drawing world, I just couldn't leave uh, ex- except through, you know, what I'm working on, the books I'm working on or the drawings I'm working on.
0: You, you started with the moon. Why? Just because that's where we've been before and, and Americans are familiar with it, which is why in some ways I feel like there's a been there, done that quality to the moon. Mm-hmm. And these missions that NASA is doing with the moon just don't elicit much interest in
1: there's i mean yes and no there there's definitely been there done that but there's always like nasa has you know f- piles and piles of other things they would do you know you put them anywhere in the solar system and they're like oh yeah we have five thousand experiments we yeah. can do to to further our uh, our science and our know-how um i started with the moon because uh the, the actual inspiration for mission moon was a proposal to put a solar power plant on the Wait, moon this is real it's a this, real this whole thing that you've real, got going in this yeah, book yeah it's a, it's a proposal from a, a japanese <laughs> engineering made this up perf- completely no yeah and um and they they would put a ring of solar panels around the equator of the moon so it would always have access to the sun and then they would beam that energy back through microwaves to earth and huh. robots would manage and take care of this whole thing and uh and uh, you know, I stumbled across this article, and it was just kind of like, "Oh, that's neat." And then, as these characters developed, I'm like, "Okay, what situations can I throw them in? How can I, where can I put them?" And And then the you know mission moon just kind of came out of that.
0: I have to say that pom pom and waffles solve these problems pretty quickly, don't they? I mean, they find a kit.
1: Yes. Yes. they
0: unpack the rocket they yeah everything yeah.
1: there's instruction manuals everything <laughs> how convenient. is yeah everything is thought out to a key for them
0: really so um you developed this group of i mean why cats and how did you develop with your kind of funnel your interest in space and your talent for Graphic design into the idea that cats would go to the moon and Mars and solve these problems.
1: Yeah, cat astronauts, uh, it really started as a sketch in my sketchbook. Uh, I was, you know, trying to draw every day and doodle, and it was a, a fun little drawing of a cat eating some kitty treats in zero gravity in a spacesuit. And I was like, this is really cool. And I drew it again and then kept coming back to this little character. And then eventually, I, uh, this character was sitting in, with a fish in a space shuttle saying, prepare for lunch, and I really liked that that joke. And then I uh, started giving them names, and then we started coming up with, I like, came up with little comic strips and comic books and, and things before, all before the actual series started.
0: Yeah, but all before also. I mean, it started with, I love the idea of a, a cat who's adventurous and has human qualities.
1: Oh yeah. And
0: I like my in- and I'm gonna bring in my interest in space here.
1: Yeah, it really became the outlet for that kind of love letter to NASA and that golden ah. age of, of space travel. Um, because now when I when I go to sit down to write a new catch for not story I take inspiration from either missions from the past or our future missions that we're trying to do, like with the Mars story, or even on a robot rescue where they're drilling for water on Io, on Jupiter's moon. So, <laughs>
0: of it's, course, yeah, it's
1: really I, I kind of <laughs> go in it with the mindset as like, okay, if NASA had an unlimited budget, where would we be already? And what proposals are out there? And what kind of theories they want do they want to test? Uh, And then I'm like, okay, my cats can do that. Let's see what would happen.
0: uh, This idea of if NASA had an unlimited budget, it's interesting. When I was preparing for the show, I was reading about what's called presidential vacillation on the moon and Mars and beyond. And if you go into the history of this, and I'm sure you've, you've seen this, Every time a new administration comes in, they change the priority Mm -hmm. for NASA. So here's a piece that I read in The Atlantic about this. Since it was established by President Dwight D. Eisenhower in 1958, NASA has had to weather the blows of presidential whims time and time again. Trump's swing from Mars to the moon and back again is only the latest iteration of an ongoing pattern. I can't imagine what it's like to be at NASA to feel like okay, now we're dug in on this Mars thing, and then a new administration comes in and says, "Move the money mm-hmm. and the priorities."
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that I, I believe Obama mentioned something about the moon at some point. Yeah, that's during right. His presidency, and yeah, and it's 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 almost like they have how many rainy day uh, folders do they have? Like rainy day projects do they have when it's when they they just can switch gears like that, um, and and how much. Are they thinking about, okay, if we need to go back to the moon, how much can we use that to actually design it for the moon and for Mars? Right. Because I know the the Orion capsule... Is, has that in mind that they're they're actually trying to, to use that as just like, you know, their general space travel capsule uh, for kind of regardless where they get assigned you to You are go.
0: quite nerdist on this, aren't <laughs> yeah. you? Yeah. I, yeah. It's
1: definitely an enjoyment. Drew
0: Brockington's in the studio with us today. He's a writer, illustrator, and the author of Catstronauts. It's a series which includes Catstronauts' mission moon. I know it's kind of hard to say. Catstronauts. Practice that. And the new one in August is titled Catstronauts' slapdash science. And we're talking a bit about some of the situations that he puts his space-bound cats into, but the science behind it, too, that is super interesting. And then, you know, the reality that uh, the United States priorities, the NASA priorities, switch and switch again, um, I, I assume because it's really expensive, but also just because Presidents come in and their imaginations are fired up by, by a different mission. And so I'm asking you as you listen into this, if there was a spot for you, let's say you were an amateur astronaut on a space mission, would you want to join that mission to the moon or would you want to join that mission to Mars? Can you imagine yourself as a space tourist? A lot of Americans can. So if you can, where would you go? 651-227-6000. 800 And on Twitter, at Carrie MBR. Here's Mark on Twitter who says, do I want to be a space tourist? How's the room service? Good fruity rum drinks. As for the moon or Mars, if Mars means never coming back Ask me again after the 2020 elections. <laughs> Here's another listener who says, my personal long-term goal is to take the family on a vacation where we drive around the moon. What do you think it is? I'm, I'm sure you've you've interacted with a number of kids and their parents as you've gone out to, to talk about the series. What do you think it is that that captures a kid's imagination? And it seems like as an adult, we just grow more blasé. About the idea of this, and you've had this experience, so what is that?
1: I, I, I think kids, especially now um, with the space program where it's at, um, that you you really hear about it you know secondhand. Uh, you know little clips of here on the on the news or oh there's a new rover or something so there's a a lot of it is told about the space program is told through stories and 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 picture books and sci-fi and that fantastical kind of you know means to tell a story and I, I think that just kind of builds upon the kid's imagination about what's possible with space and um and then you, I mean, I for one still get this when you sit down and you see the actual technology that they've invented. Um, there's a new uh, uh, part of a space station that a third party. Has invented that it's a, a whole new space station module that's just a balloon, and it inflates, and you can live inside R- of it. What? And it, you know, it goes up as a flat disc, and then they just inflate it, and all of a sudden, you have a giant, you know, sixty foot balloon uh, module that you can do. You know, so
0: instead of all the big infrastructure exactly. that I think we're used to seeing on the space, you would live inside this big just floating fl- balloon. Yeah,
1: an inflatable space station, and uh, and you you see that. And and then you think about a child seeing that and it's like, you know, the same reaction, a balloon in space. I know. Yeah. And 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 it just builds from there. And they and they can just build off of that so easily. Like if we can do balloons in space, what else can we do?
0: That's right. It fires up. And and I think as adults, we kind of lose that sense of wonder right about space. Let me grab a call here from Michael in Hinkley. Michael, have you ever thought about this before?
2: I have. Uh, I think the moon would be the perfect place to go to because it's the gateway to both getting back to Earth and to traveling beyond.
0: So you would spend a bit of time on the moon, but then would you be open to going further? What if you couldn't come back?
2: Uh, I think that space travel and the colonization of the moon is probably where we're heading. Wow. You know, I'd be okay with staying there.
0: Yeah. You think colonization of the moon is where we're headed here Drew just just from your reading and your study on this?
1: I would hope so. I mean, You yeah, hope so? I would, Why? Yeah. I,
0: I kind of feel like we've screwed this planet up, are we going to screw the moon up too?
1: Well, I mean, the moon is it's the closest thing to do and whenever there's uh, you know, any type of urban development, it's what's the closest and easiest thing to kind of develop first and our moon is right there. So, it'll and it allows us to try out everything without having to ship it all the way to mars or find a new planet or yeah
0: i keep mentioning mars i mean i know there's there's debate and discussion about the planet beyond mars or or some other planet that would be more hospitable than mars Mm -hmm. and maybe that's where we ought to be putting the investment
1: but that that's i mean where is that (laughs) you know that that could be another you know that is another solar system and how do we get there and and uh and, you know, let's add five more questions to answer onto that. You know, like, how do we travel there? How do we travel there? Do we set it up to travel so that it's a generational thing? And we bring families that, you know, you know, you start as a, a child and then you uh, land on this new planet as a great, 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 great grandpa. Yeah. Or things like that. Yeah, you know? It's kind
0: of mind-blowing yeah. to think about. Uh, to man in Minneapolis. Hi, Hi, I would love
2: to go to the moon and start or contribute to an off-world colony. I think uh, it's a portal to different planets. Um, It could be a fueling station. We can set up um, some uh, domes where we can grow food uh, as well as uh, develop some new technologies. And I think one of the prerequisites would be to have an AI assistant like Hal and Space Odyssey 2001 yeah. so we could talk to and get advice Yeah, so we're not bored on that Th- this is, planet. This
0: is really good thinking here. We would need, and, and I was just listening to a show yesterday about AI, we would need kind of the next level mm-hmm. of AI, or maybe maybe this is already being developed, technology. What a test space for that, right?
1: Mm-hmm. It's. It, uh, I mean, already you have, can you... Turn Alexa into what it needs to be <laughs> to in order to to handle that situation. Alexa,
0: prepare my spacecraft for, yeah we're heading to the moon uh let's see Aly- uh, Lisa says I would go to the moon, I was almost two in nineteen sixty nine and don't remember seeing the moon landing. I'm sure you're too young to mm, have yeah, seen that. Have you watched that. a lot of the video
1: I've watched the videos. Uh, I've seen all the you know the movies about it and all Right,
0: that. and then Lisa says uh, I she doesn't remember seeing the moon landing although my parents said that we watched it together Anita says I think my kids and I would love going to the moon we'd enjoy the weightless bouncy fun could see the earth talk about what we see and yes be able to come home. I'm really surprised here. I thought there would be more Mars people on I, this.
1: I love that the moon is becoming a family destination. I know. And it's I know. Like, oh, Isn't that funny? Yeah. <laughs> we have a weekend free. Let's go to the moon.
0: <laughs> she says, I think traveling to the moon would be a gift. And then she says, hi, Drew. I think you know her. Oh, hello. Here's James in Maplewood who says, I'm a science fiction fan, but there are too many problems in the U.S. right now. There's too much going on. I changed NASA to NISA the National Earth and Space Administration. Okay, point taken here, James, about the, uh, the climate issues so we can finally tackle our day-to-day problems. Hey, I want to talk to you about, uh, I watched a video about how you created Create the Catstronauts on YouTube. You start with this, and, and I will tweet out a photo of this, but you start with this kind of very square profile with these vertical ears but square heads, mm-hmm. how did that start? Why is that the shape that oh. that came to the pen when you were doodling around on this? Yeah,
1: when I, and when I when I'm visiting, uh, you know, I'm doing drawing demos with with kids in schools. I always say it starts with a potato. And that kind of gets them in the you know like, yeah. I, oh I know how to draw a potato it's just a <laughs> lump on a page, and um yeah I I I just like that kind of jelly bean shape and that um you know you think of cats as uh, these incredibly agile yeah. and graceful animals and long limbed and you know when they stretch out uh, and I I love putting that um you know, that same type of uh, grace into this lump of a, you know, flower bag of <laughs> shape of cat.
0: Okay, this is this is interesting because I was thinking you've designed, you've created these forms that are kind of stocky and solid and they don't look at first glance as nimble all the you're right, all the things that we would associate with the way cats move. Mm-hmm. And yet, I guess you put them in situations where they have to be nimble. Why? Why this stocky kind of solidity to these figures? I
1: mean, it it, uh, it just kind of came out uh, when you know. It just it's hard to to argue <laughs> to with what falls this. out of the pen, you know. I gotcha. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I get. I just like that kind of lumpy, wide-eyed, you know, f- fuzzy, furry, uh, furry body. Um, and I, and I really like when I, you know, when I draw the books, I love putting them in zero gravity situations. And I mean, mean, maybe it's an art challenge of like, okay, what can I make this lump of potato (laughs) do next? Like, how (laughs) can I, how can I draw it upside down and backwards in zero gravity?
0: I got the sense with Mission Moon, which was the first one, Mm -hmm. right? It's the one that I've got in front of me, uh, that you were also thinking about the chemistry of the personalities of the cats. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I think more thought goes into this than people would expect. How'd you, how did you develop the different personalities and the way they were going to mix on, you know, on a mission like this?
1: It's it's all, um, I mean, and definitely in children's literature in general, it's a lot of it, they say, is character-driven. And uh, especially with trying to, like, support a series, you want to make sure you're going to, they're going to all going to work together, but give you the right type of tension and everything. Um, and... It's really uh, assigning that one kind of major characteristic is where I started was, okay, Blanket's going to be the engineer, so he's going to have a little more left-brain personality. And Waffles is the pilot, and he needs to think, uh, you know, creatively sometimes so I'm going to give him a little more right brain personality and Major is a taskmaster because he has to make sure everyone is safe and does their job well so I'm going to give him a very like by the numbers personality <laughs> and um. so that's the easy part is like giving him that but the, the fun part that I love is fleshing out those characters about what you see like in there like there's a part where Pom Pom's sitting in her bunk and she's casually reading Physics Today magazine magazine and there's like a little picture of another <laughs> astronaut tucked on the ceiling of her her bunk where she sleeps i'm and just like who is that who is that, is well, that her, who is it is that her buddy is that her hero is that her pen pal well
0: solve the mystery so who is it that's over pom pom's bunk
1: i think it's her her hero it's yeah. uh astronaut uh astronaut gus so ah. you know kind of okay um, so there's
0: like little hidden clues yeah mysteries to solve yeah and, uh, in, the, in the drawings.
1: Definitely. And a lot of times I love, like, you know, what's their hobby? Is it building rockets? Is it playing Legos? Is it, you know, <laughs> little little sneaks of their personal lives?
0: Call here from Briley in Minneapolis.
2: Hey, Briley, hi. Hi. I couldn't um, resist calling in. I just wanted to say thank you so much for your books. Um, they have been great gifts for. Um, a whole, like, younger generation in my family, in lots of different um, pockets of my family, but the we have a lot of um, boys in our family who are very into nonfiction, love space, um, and have had a hard time, we as adults have had a hard time helping them span um, into the world of reading ah. um, and this, the Castronauts, um books have been so helpful in um, giving them something that's like based in nonfiction, but is so creative and silly at times and problem solving. And um, we, I just really appreciate um, hearing you talk about books and science um, and your art all in the same conversation. I'm really glad
0: you couldn't resist calling Briley. Hey, and the highest compliments, right? Silly and creative and based in science. Yeah, I love that. What more could you want? Thank you so much. What's this book coming out with the slapdash science? They are. They are still going to space. They are.
1: They they are always going to space. Okay. Good. Um. Maybe in one book they might not go to space because they have to get summer jobs or something. I don't know. Um. (laughs) But (laughs) yes. Slapdash science. Are they
0: not paying the astronauts enough? They have (laughs) to get a summer job. Who knows? Somebody better Um, fix that right away.
1: So slapdash science there, back on the International Space Station. Ah, and uh, Pom- in the
0: in the balloons or no? In they're, the, j- oh, they're on the uh, real. No
1: balloons yet, but there is a new garden module oh. that they have, ah. and Pom Pom has uh, thirteen hundred experiments that she needs to do in the thirty days that they're on the station. So she gets a little uh, multitask fatigue. And yeah. she starts kind What's a cat
0: of, to do with thirteen hundred experiments exactly. that you have to get through? Jeez. So she
1: starts cutting a little quarter corners and uh, things start to uh, kind of snowball out of control a this little bit. This is what
0: bit. you mean by slapdash science. Okay. Yeah. So she she's looking for some shortcuts. Some
1: quick fixes.
0: And it's not going to go well. Well, I, I don't want Pom Pom to be the one that unravels the whole mission.
1: Oh, it's definitely Drew, a team effort. Don't do no, that. No, there's never that's and that's the beauty about working with four you know the four astronauts and all the mission control isn't, scientists. Isn't
0: Pom Pom the only female of the whole?
1: She is the female of the group in space.
0: In space, and then in yeah. Mission
1: Control, we have Flight Director Maisie and Glumdalclaw right. and Luna. She has a whole lady crew backing I know, her up. But, on but the let's ground.
0: not have the only female cat unravel the. You're saying oh, it's yeah. a group effort. It's a, that... definitely a
1: group effort, <laughs> uh, and and okay. that is a big lesson uh, in a lot of the books is about like how the team succeeds and fails as one, and 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 it's really it's never a, a personal issue. It's always a team issue.
0: You're a good sport to come in and talk to me Thank about you. this. I bet you Briley and her kids don't know that there's an actual Catstronauts theme. There is a theme. We're going to hear it. Thank okay. you, man, for coming in. Good to have you here.
1: Oh, you Catstronauts. Everybody say Catstronauts. Hey, they're Doing things that cats cannot.
0: Oh, you Catstronauts. Everybody say catch your nuts, hey!